Hey, Adam, guess what time it is? It's time to crack the customer code. Welcome to episode 47 of Crack the Customer Code. I'm Adam DeFork, and I'm here with Jeannie Walters, my partner, my co-host, my doppelganger. <laughs> Not quite. I'm I, much better looking than you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that, that I can see. Much more. <laughs> so, you know, we've been looking at some customer service statistics, and I think Jeannie asked me a question the other day, and I said, you know, that'll be a great podcast episode. <laughs> and her question to me, very the cynical, cynical type that Jeannie is, is <laughs> should we just give up? Maybe we should. I'm thinking maybe we should, because our wise counsel and advice doesn't seem to be sinking in. It seems customer service today hasn't really improved since the 1970s. I wouldn't know about that. I'm so young, but still. I, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Mr. Millennial over there. Uh, hey, I'm like, what's the next one? Generation Z or double Z or whatever. I'm, I'm that. Sure. Sure you are. <laughs> All right. Well, before we digress further, why don't we talk a little bit about our fantastic sponsor, Service Strategies. We all know that customer experience is hot, but are you taking advantage of its huge potential to make your services business more prominent and profitable? Join Service Strategies for an informative customer experience workshop in San Diego on October 27th. You'll learn how to create customer success while generating profitable revenue for your services business. The workshop is part of the Service Industry Summit event, which brings together leaders from companies like Cisco, Dell, and others to discuss the challenges of a changing service landscape. Visit servicestrategies.com to learn more. And if you're interested in reaching business leaders or CX professionals, sponsoring our podcast is a great way to do that. Go to crackthecustomercode.com slash sponsor for full details. So, Adam, why does customer service still stink if we have so many tools and ideas at our disposal? Why is this still happening? <laughs> there are too many tools in customer service. <laughs> 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 All right. So, Consumer Reports, you know, we were talking about that, did this recent study, and they just found that there's so much still wrong sort of across the board in customer service. And I think it was 88% of the people surveyed um, had questioned a bill or requested a pair, return merchandise, all these mm -hmm. things that you don't want customers doing. You know, basically, almost everybody had, had to do. Yeah. Yeah. And not only that, but half of the people surveyed reported leaving a store without making their intended purchase at all because of poor service. And so when people talk about what is the cost or what is the value of this, I think that's a great example. People will leave before you even know there's a problem, and they're not going to buy from you if you're providing craptastic service. <laughs> <laughs> Craptastic. Yes. <laughs> like I told you, you know, I hit a little button that says clean when we did the episode. <laughs> well, you know, we, uh, you know, we did that study at CTS Service Solutions back in December on holiday shoppers, and we found, you know, basically the same thing. Now, it was in the context of the, the holiday rush and some of the challenges that retailers have around that time, but we had 62% uh, abandoned purchases because they were not assisted in a timely fashion, 60% dumped when they said the website was too slow or not working mm -hmm. and 70% actually walked away because of a long line. So, yeah. you know, it, it's not just the actual interaction. 
you know, it's not necessarily always bad service. Sometimes it's a bad experience. It's just totally. bad operations, logistics. It's not always, you know, my rep was unfriendly. Right. And I think one of the things that we try to stress to our clients is that you have to find the canary in the coal mine. Like you won't know about the problem before it's a huge problem or it's a problem that isn't even identified because they're not responding to your surveys. They're not answering your calls because they never became customers in the first place. So when you look at things like websites and loading time and how that experience is on mobile now, that's so important because so many people are shopping on mobile. You really have to think about, okay, it's not just about the ideal scenario, which is, I think, the mistake I see a lot of organizations making. They say, well, if somebody walks through this linear path that we've created to get a, something from us and to have a great experience, they're going to have a great experience. You have to think about, okay, what happens if they can't find what they need? What happens if they are looking for help and can't figure out how to get it? What happens if they get interrupted in the middle of what they're trying to do in a digital forum? They, you, you have to really break down the experience before your customers do. And that's something that we see over and over again is that we create these ideal scenarios for our customers and assume that like little soldiers, they're going to walk through it. <laughs> and because we're human, journeys are not linear. They are, I wrote a post about how they're more like jungle gyms. <laughs> like they, <laughs> people climb in places you don't expect. They fall off. I mean, it's, it's not as neat and tidy as we would like it as an organization. And that's when customers get really stuck. And that's when they also have these terrible experiences that force them out the door. See, when you create your journey map, you have to create a moat of fire around the edges of the path. <laughs> that way the customer can never leave. And that's yes. sort of what companies do, sort of metaphorically speaking. They really seem to do that. Like if you deviate at all, it's oh, yeah. Wrong. And part of that's understandable. I mean, you know, Businesses are set up for certain operations, and they cannot be everything to everyone. Right. So there, there's a you know there's a level to which, of course, that is going to happen. But there's a there's a balance. There's a happy medium where you take into account. Okay, what are some of the common byways? We can't right. figure out every single person's little deviation, but you know, what are some of the common little detours that our customers take, and that many of them take, and that we need to be prepared for. Well, and I wonder if the reason that satisfaction rates really haven't gone up since the 1970s is because expectations are changing very, very quickly. And organizations who are not nimble enough to keep up with that, they, they're going to fail. I mean, you look at the best organizations out there, and they really have ways for, they have empowerment as a huge part of their culture so that employees can react in the best way for a customer. They're not drowning in process. They're not drowning in things that prevent them from delivering that exceptional experience. Other companies just do not keep up with what we are expecting as customers. So of course our satisfaction is lower, even if they might be thinking they're delivering better service. Well, you know, what's interesting is with all the talk of the empowered customer and social media, and obviously we've discussed that a lot. One of the things, first of all, I love the name of this study. It's from Arizona State University, and I actually have that uh, the certificate in customer experience from there, from the W.P. Carey School of Business Center for Services Leadership. <laughs> Put that on a business card. But they, they, yeah, they got an awesome program. This research actually came out of there. I mean, I'll take your word on the 1970s because, as, as we know, it's not my generation. But oh, Sure. 
<laughs> so, you know, on this podcast, people might actually believe that. <laughs> but what's interesting is uh, one of the things, it's called the customer rage study. Mm-hmm. I love <laughs> that. But it's just awesome. <laughs> uh, but one of the things they found talking about the empowered consumer is that the number of Americans who think that complaining is worthwhile has fallen to 50% from 61% since 2011. Mm-hmm. So they're actually all this, you know, the empowered consumer and they have their voices bigger and broader. The actual number of people that feel that matters is declining. I totally agree. And I think that a lot of people try one avenue of customer service and if they don't get what they want, and this has been shown in studies too, that's when they go and rate the business poorly on Yelp. That's when they go and post something on their social media channels about how frustrated they are because they tried something that didn't work and they realized that one of the avenues that they have is social media. But it's the fact that they're giving up, like there's this feeling of just being defeated. <laughs> I mean, that's not what you want your customers to. Maybe that would be a good survey question. Do you feel <laughs> defeated? <laughs> defeated. <laughs> you get a lot of information from that, <laughs> how people answered that. Because I think we've all been there as customers, but it's hard to design these things around what people are expecting as well as what reality is actually happening because I think it's really easy to think that our customers love our brands and think about it all the time, but really they're just living their lives and the brand and the product and the service, they're just kind of fitting into their lives. And we have to remember that. Jeannie, I need your permission. Uh Uh-oh. I want to go full economics. Oh, geez. (laughs) Blah, blah, blah. (laughs) I know how you love that, but there is a larger trend. When you Mm -hmm. look at what's happening, you still have to take into account that Industry consolidation continues. Right. And it's continuing across a number of industries. And that is almost always bad for customer experience. Yeah. Okay. And when you talk about this particular complaint, that the number of Americans who think that complaining is worthwhile has fallen Mm -hmm. from 50%, from 61% in the last four years. Well, the larger the organizations, the less competition they have, the less they care about dealing with you and responding. And the more, the more services that are provided in that context, the more this is going to continue to happen. So you really can't divorce the entire view of this from sort of the economic trends because I do think that's a part of it. Now, that being said, I think also we're stabilizing – social media is stabilizing as a communication channel. Right. It's right. not new and fresh, and it's not the Wild West. Well, it's the Wild West because everybody just talks and says whatever. But it's not the <laughs> Wild West from a standpoint of companies are try- trying to figure out how it fits into their model right. and all that. I mean, it's really starting to stabilize. I mean, most companies have a pretty good handle on their view and approach of where social media fits into their business model. Now, we can argue about whether they do it well or don't do it well or whatever. But at this point, every you know every Fortune 500 company has – put resources and energy into figuring out their view of it right. and where it fits. Right. Now, we meant whether you agree with the view, that's a different issue, but they've done that. And so I think some of that may be in these numbers too. Mm-hmm. Well, so what do we think folks should do about this? Like if you have a business and you're worried about your customer service, what are some of the actions smart, savvy leaders can actually take around this? And I think one is understanding what we've talked about several times here too, is that metrics are not 
the one thing to pay attention to. Like, yes, you should pay attention to your metrics, but what you should do is actually react to them (laughs) and figure out what's causing them to drop, what's causing people to say that service isn't good, what's preventing them from having the best experience and going in and figuring out those root causes, which frankly, a lot of organizations just do not do. Well, it's, if you look at the you know, the statistic here, it's the number of Americans who think that complaining is worthwhile. Well, you don't think complaining is worthwhile when you're not listened to, right? Absolutely, and that's the whole point. So, I mean, it is truly it's not you know it's the most basic of all customer service principles. Listen to what your customers mm-hmm. are saying and try to do something about it, and close the loop and let them know what you're doing about it, and let your employees know what you're doing about it, so that everybody's on the same page. And that doesn't always happen either. And it's not. I mean, some of this, frankly, is not. Rocket science, right? I mean, you could do this in a weekly meeting. (laughs) You could say, like, let's look at our numbers. What should we do about this? Okay, I'll follow up next week and see how we did. (laughs) Because some of it is that easy. I mean, I'm not saying all of it is, and some of it is very complex. But there are things like, oh, I don't know, if half your customers are walking in your store and walking out without buying anything, start looking into why. Start observing them. There's a great book called Why We Buy. It's a classic by Paco Underhill. He talked about how if, you know, somebody's standing too close in an aisle, if there's not enough walking room, he called it the butt brush effect (laughs) because people didn't like it. They didn't like feeling like they were in that closed space and it was enough to make a difference. So looking for those little moments like that, that really do matter to people before it becomes a customer service issue. That's what I'd recommend. That's what you'd recommend? One of the many things, of <laughs> One of the many things. Well, you know, I think principles are easy. Execution is hard. Yeah, that's and true. And what we find, I think what you can see here, what we've certainly seen and many of the things we've talked about in our, in our own work and experiences is a lot of companies don't get the principles right. Right. They're, they're not customer-centric to begin with. I yep. mean, once you say we're customer-centric and, you know, you really mean it and the, the executive leadership buys in, well, okay, that's the easy part. Yeah, the hard part is making your organization actually be that. Right. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's not easy. Yeah. And the bigger the organization, the harder it is, and, all, and depending on the industry. But, you know, the first part is getting the principle right and making sure that's your focus. And a lot, a lot of businesses, that simply isn't the focus. The focus is transactional profit or whatever it may be mm-hmm. that is not about relational value and customer lifetime value and making customers happy. Right. And, yeah, saying you're customer-centric is like hanging one of those kitty posters on the wall hang in there (laughs) like it's the idea is nice (laughs) but it's not really going to do anything (laughs) you don't hold on a little longer because you see that cat right i can do it too you sure oh that kitty's hanging on (laughs) no not so much so yeah i think it's i i like that this came up though because i think it's it really does highlight that we have a lot of work to do, and that if you don't care about this stuff, you're missing out on business that you don't even know you're missing out on. And that's what you and I say all the time, but it's like this really shows that people will walk away in droves if you do not treat them right from the beginning of the experience all the way through. And that's that's what this is all about, right? And if you think you're doing better, you might not be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because we thought we were doing better uh, in the aggregate, and we weren't. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, it's very interesting stuff. So I think we want to find out what other people think. Absolutely. Let us know. Give us an email at thecustomercode at gmail.com or give us a call, 470-223-CODE. And as always, thanks for listening to this episode of Crack the Customer Code. 
And head on over to crackthecustomercode.com for all of our shows and show notes. And many, many thanks to our sponsor, Service Strategies, for supporting this podcast. Make sure to check out their informative customer experience workshop in San Diego on October 27th. Go to servicestrategies.com for more details. And please subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher so you'll never miss an episode. If you like what you hear, we'd love your comments and a review. And we also love seeing you share the love. Send this podcast to your network, your friends, your neighbors, anybody who you think might benefit from it. We've got to say something different. I feel like it's like we're at Woodstock or something. Share the love. <laughs> <laughs> we're going we're to come up with a new catchphrase. I think, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, anyways, I'm Adam Tukork, and you can connect with me and find out more about our customer service workshops and my book, Be Your Customer's Hero, at CustomersThatStick.com. And I'm Jeannie Walters. Read our customer experience blog, sign up for customer experience webinars, or connect with me at 360connects.com. Until next time, take care of yourself. And take care of your customers. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.